And welcome, everyone. We are in our last show before a little break here. Caleb moves about the country tomorrow, and so we will not be able to do any further broadcasting tomorrow. We'll be back next Friday, a little, so a week from this Friday, a little bit later, like 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, happy 420, everybody. There's a lot of 420 action on the restream. Susie, you know all about 420? No, she's shaking her head no. I, I saw it, but I wasn't sure. What does that mean? Um, 420... <laughs> out of your mom's house thing <laughs> no. it's so it's i i don't want to explain it to because i don't want to i don't want to spoil you you're perfect as you are <laughs> so, oh, it, it really is nothing but um it's is it funny thrilling? right you know my friends at cypress hill have a very famous four 420 concert okay remember those guys yeah okay and uh and 420 is sort of the time when you when you uh smoke out a little bit that's the for the cannabis world. Oh, is that what we're going to do later? If you wish. I mean, <laughs> why not once in a while, whatever it takes. Um, but New, I don't think New York uh, uh, looks kindly upon that. We come from the great state of well, California. I don't have anything anyway, so. Oh, well, damn. Uh, how, but how did our daughter get so hooked on pot if, it, if New York doesn't look at it? Uh, good question. Maybe, I think it's available medically here. So I she probably so. sort of, you know, could, which was, has always been a ridiculous scam. That, that That's what I always said. If, if you're going to have this big medical marijuana system, it is really just a de facto legalization of cannabis. Don't misuse my profession. Just legalize it. Just forget it. This is just, and then people can choose to use it or not use it in so-called therapeutic context or not. But having to see a doctor was the most ridiculous thing and the most, most, a miscarriage of professional services. Susan, could you put the air on a little bit here? I'm actually hot right now, if that's possible. Maybe. Uh, so our guest today is Adam Housley, because I'll get you right back in here, because I know Susan Susan wants to speak to Adam. No, Emmy, no, no, just you guys go ahead. Emmy and AP award-winning journalist, former professional baseball player, now a vintner or own, winery owner. I guess we have more accurate. Uh, he's had a very wide and interesting career and life, and he always gets... Well, Susan, I think Adam stirs you up particularly. He says lots of things that make you a little nervous, yes? Or it doesn't make me nervous. I just like what he has to say. Well, let's bring him on in. Smart. Adam Housley, you can see him on the website, Adam Housley TV. Follow him on Twitter and Instagram at Adam Housley, H-O-U-S-L-E-Y, and at The Housley Life. Our laws, as it pertains to substances, are draconian and bizarre. The psychopaths start this way. He was an alcoholic. Because of social media and pornography, PTSD, love addiction, fentanyl and heroin, ridiculous I'm a, I'm a doctor for sake. Where the hell do you think I learned that? I'm just saying. You go to treatment before you kill people. I am a clinician. I observe things about these chemicals. Let's just deal with what's real. We used to get these calls on Loveline all the time. Educate adolescents and to prevent and to treat. If you have trouble, you can't stop and you want to help stop it. I can help. I got a lot to say. I got a lot more to say. So I, I want to get right into uh, something that Susan, Susan was actually very anxious to talk to you today because she became, um, I, I don't quite know what's going on with what she's thinking. And I'm going to have you sort of see if she if she's going in the right direction or if she's off base here. She, okay. she got very upset by, all right, so let me let me frame it this way. Yeah, wait till I unleash okay. on you. I will, <laughs> so I have always thought it was bizarre that this country followed the policies of the Chinese Communist Party in Wuhan during the initial phases of this outbreak. That seemed bizarre to me. It seemed nothing yeah. like that had ever been done in the history of medicine. It seemed uh, it, no evidence based for doing it. It seemed like it could only be harmful. 
There was a lot of at the time, well, what else are you going to do? Or we got to do something. Let's just do this to flatten the curve. Okay, okay. And I remember, as I've said many, many times here, uh, I was on uh, a local Fox 11 uh, show. I was anchoring in Los Angeles, and we had somebody from the school board who came in and said, we're going to close the schools. And I just said, who told you to do that? What medic, a physician came up with this? No, it's just the right thing to do. It was all Wuhan. And to me, Wuhan at the time, you know, with the chlorine trucks running down the streets and the brick. Adam, welcome back. Hey, thanks, Dr. Drew. Looked like an attempt for the local, what I think of as the local Soviet, trying to save face against the higher authority, right? I mean, the communist system is such that if you, if the up-the-ups have to get involved, you have failed. So I thought, well, that's probably all they were doing. So, 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 so far, am I, am I correct, or would you modify what I've presented thus far? No, I would say you're exactly correct. I would add a little bit to it in the sense that as they were doing those actions, I mean, listen, actions speak louder than words. We can all sit here and we can go back and forth politically and people are going to have their opinion no matter what. But factually, what you've said is correct. And don't forget factually, as they were doing that, they were allowing people to fly out of their country. Right. Right. So there seemed to be there seemed to be no rhyme. Nor, there, there's really no medical sort of logic no. to what they were doing. There's no physicians, no infectious disease experts making these calls. It was politics, bureaucracy, something else doing it. Now, we, our New York Times editorial board stepped up and said, you must do the same thing. And our politicians, well, and then the state, the states followed one after the other, which seemed to be sort of a Trump derangement. If, if Trump said, take it easy, they had to go extra hard. But whatever. These were the sort of the factors playing. All right. So now here we are two years hence. And everyone is looking at Shanghai and going, oh, my God, I can't believe it. I can't, I can't believe what's going on. Can you imagine? And, and my perception of this is, how does it look? You like it? That's what we did. We followed that policy. That's what we did. The, the Communist Chinese Party in Shanghai, that basic structure is what we followed. Now, that's my opinion. Susan thinks something much more significant is going on in this. I, I feel like it's, again, the bureaucracy doing what bureaucracy does, that the, the, you know, the local Soviet can't let the up-the-ups find out that they're failing in any way. They have to take care of it themselves. Right. They do it under the guise of zero COVID, which any rational person knows is a zero probability. But I'm going to let Susan talk about what she's worried about. But you're talking about Soviets. I, I, I'm just using it as a model the, 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 of, of how communist I mean, they, systems are put together. Soviets are different than Chinese That's people. true. And when that it comes to... Communism. No, well, I'm just talking about bureaucracy. You substitute the word bureaucracy control. for Soviet. I think communist bureaucracy. Control. Yeah, yeah government control right. and government bureaucracy is what I'm talking right, about. Right. Yeah. How, how, how the Russians did it, how the Chinese do it. Right, okay, but go ahead. Right. And, and how, but the thing about China is there's so many more people mm -hmm. and they are, they've been indoctrinated, you know, to become workers for the government, you know, peasants and, you know, basically the people that are in charge are the 1% at the top. But I, but what bothers me is when they use something like COVID to disguise what's really going on behind the scenes. And China is known for having a lot, <laughs> having a motive, having yeah. different motives. And, and, you know, I mean, Trump was the only one who would call them out and really, you know, get to the bottom of it. But it's like you, everybody's afraid to talk about it. And the Chinese typically 
like the Russians want to talk about it, but they just they just shut them off and say, sorry, you can't talk about it. Um, the Chinese will not talk about it and they hide because they're afraid of their lives ending abruptly or their families' lives. And it, right. it just it worries me because I think that that there's something bigger coming. All right. Up. So it's that's what Susan, Susan sees this as something ancillary. There's something else going on. I see it as the uh, just a repeat of Wuhan. She's saying, oh, no, no, I think now I have heard a theory that they're making it. One theory I have heard was there's an attempt to tank commodity prices. That that's one of their right. Of, well, they already tanked our economy. So with the COVID, so we they, they're getting their all right, way. All right. So let's hear. Is Susan on to something, Adam? Is my question. You know, I, that's a that's a tough answer. Honestly, question to answer, I should say. Um, I think we have to go back and look at the kind of you've laid you each have laid things out that are very informative. But I think Americans don't really pay attention to because of the. If you don't do what we say, you are against, you're an anti-vaxxer. You're, I mean, I, we quickly judge everybody, as you guys know, and it happened before right. the Wuhan uh, situation um, brought coronavirus to the rest of the world. But we can look at the, the facts of everything. And the facts are this. The Chinese, we can't trust. There's, 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 no, there's no doubting that. Anybody who said otherwise is, is, is either lying or paid off, or they're afraid for their lives. And, and, and Susan touched on that as well. I know uh, I have a number of people that were both in China and have been in Hong Kong, which is obviously Chinese territory now, uh, for throughout this entire time and, and prior to. Um, they all tell the same story. They don't know each other. In, inside China, it was a, a situation where you have two types of people. You have those who are completely terrified for their lives and will do whatever it takes because if they don't, they're afraid for their lives and their families' lives or livelihoods or both. And then you have those who are who are bought in. And I know that from my friends in Hong Kong, it, there were points where if you weren't ha- didn't have your mask on perfectly, people could report you and they would get a reward. So it was like you went outside. You, it was it was terrifying for people even to go outside because God forbid, a you piss somebody off and they lied about you, or b you didn't put your mask on right or whatever. And so that's what people are dealing with inside China. And, and now we know also what China did with the, the World Health Organization. I mean, they lied. They and and, they, and the WHO know, knew they were lying and still put out improper information. So what kind of what kind of threats or what were they doing influence wise to the who um you know everything we've been told about this from day one by china has pretty much been wrong and their actions have been wrong i know from the investigators involved and at least some of the investigators involved that they still don't get access or haven't got access to be able to look at things and decide on where this truly came from i mean the guys that i trust immensely still say the question isn't if this was messed with this virus was messed with it's a natural occurring virus that was somehow messed with and somehow got out. Now, the debate is, did it get out on purpose or not? That's where the debate really continues to exist. But there is no debate on how it spread. It was allowed to spread. Um, again, action speaks louder than words. So that brings us to today. And then we can go on to how we responded to it and the different shutdowns. I was in California. So I think early on, our governor handled it well. Uh, later on, he sucked. And it's that simple. I mean, he went to you know a five-star <laughs> restaurant and lied about the whole thing. Yeah. Um, it was yeah. my hometown, Yachtville. So, um, so I say all that to bring us to today. You know, obviously we're all, some of us are watching what's going on in Shanghai. Is this China trying to, again, mess with the commodity market? Is there something really going down? Is you know, some people on, on the extreme, Susan, to follow your line of thought, there are some people that I know, again, I, I try to take in different information. Um, I'm not saying I agree with them, but there's some people I know that think that China is trying to develop other strains to help cover their tracks. 
and try to see if they can make them look like they're naturally occurring strains. So there's a lot of theories out there. And part of the reason why we have all these theories mm. is because China is not giving us access. That, that makes perfect sense. I, I, I predict that will happen. That makes, they, make, they do what makes sense for the logic of their bureaucratic system. That, that system does what right. it does. But, and, and I think, but Susan. I have uh, other theories. Well, you, you, you're, fe you're fe afraid for the Chinese people, right? I know yes. that well, yeah. I know a couple of things. I know that if we had world war, there's always a chance that China and Russia would be, would work together. I just have from history and that they, you know, but on the other hand, they don't want world war. So they might put up a good fight against it, but then have to do whatever they had to do. So you're worried that, that, I, that somehow Shanghai is a nut. And I don't think yeah, they want the people thing. to rebel against it. So mm. they are, they're, oh, they're making them, you, you know, softening learn what it's going to be like. Softening them up. If, yeah, so like you do whatever we tell you to do. And okay. then or the other thing is, you know, obviously Taiwan's days are numbered. So <laughs> that might be the other reason right. that they're getting ready to do something there and they yeah. don't want any protests about it. So, right. so if we well, take every food away and we make them stay in their Susan, houses. Go ahead, Adam. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. I mean, I, I, the delay, I apologize. Um, there's, there's two things. You guys are making great points. And remember one big thing. China does not want the U.S. to fail. If we fail, their house of cards collapses. They want us to falter. Yeah. Russia yeah. also wants us to falter, but it's not economically tied. They want us to falter because of the bravado of, of Putin wanting to return the Soviet Union. It's not, he doesn't want to bring the Soviet Union back. He wants to bring the size of the Soviet Union back. Um, and then yeah. the, the third part of that, of course, is Taiwan. And I think the way our actions of how we've handled uh, the Afghanistan pullout and now how we handled what's going on in Ukraine, I think China just is just biding its time i think you know taiwan and unfortunately is in, in very serious danger and I'm, i've been to taiwan i love yeah. Ta taiwan the people there and are don't amazing. forget north they deserve korea sovereignty. yeah well yeah. they just yeah. they just Korea's rattle stuff to get money the... yeah, yeah yeah true right so all right so so there's our there's our shanghai conversation you all good are we all i mean we all can assume that something else is up. It just it, it, never it a bad thought when, when it comes to China. It's not a bad thing yeah, to kind of keep on your you mind. You keep asking the question, why were those tanks of chlorine like yeah. immediately going down yeah. the street? Like it was already planned. Yep. Like they knew it was coming. Yep. Right. And it's the same kind of thing. It's like, this doesn't make sense that they're quarantining everybody and they're starving them because COVID is not going to kill you if you've been vaccinated like these well they don't have good vaccines over there they don't and they don't have the good treatments yet either well they, they, that's they, another thing and i maybe they want a lot of people to talk. i I, I, also, I think i think we were go ahead oh about yeah about control there's something susan might be interested in too i know someone who's there um and they have a story of one of their friends who was not exposed to the current situation but was because there was someone who reported that they were, even though they weren't, were taken away. They're being put into a basically a container with a slit in the door, in the bottom of the door. And for 10 days, they have a pillow and food that comes twice and it's slid under the door. That's it. And this individual has never tested positive and was just taken away. Yeah. So this control mechanism yeah. going, I mean, is there some of that to remind like people what was going on in Hong Kong? Yeah. Yeah, you, it's like you know, it's like the the military when they used to go into yeah. the testing and they put them in these little cubes and then it, it, they would have but, to they but would I, throw I them like, over the side when they died. But they, your your point is you're 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 suspicious and and you're you're thinking past what most of us like to think 
two, which is that the government does not have the best interests of the people at heart. They have the best interests of the government. Right. <laughs> and that's and, it. And if you look at history, okay, and if you go to Taiwan, they have these beautiful museums with these yeah. huge tapestries, and they, they were done by Confucian monks, and they're huge. They're just like walls and walls of this beautiful art. And I was looking at it, and it said, like, died, you know, they, they died young, okay? They died by the time they were 20 or whatever. And um, they the reason was they would paint the anti-government stuff in the paintings and when the government figured it out they would they would kill them so so it's the same thing that's been going on for hundreds of centuries like it's just it is it goes back to the 1300s or whatever it's not or hundreds of years it's like um it's it's just this way for there it's like we don't want you to dissent and say anything okay and no, and you know what the inter, the interpreter said? Hmm. Nobody cares. And I said, why don't they care? Because they're not supposed to care. Right. They, if they care, they'll they, they'll get killed right. too. Right. So we can't get information so, out, and it just it right. makes me. Curious. So I'm going to move on from China for a second because uh, I think we've we've pretty much drilled that topic. Uh, what do you make of Elon Musk's offer to Twitter? And uh, I I'm wondering, uh, amongst other things whether or not just what he's done so far is going to shake up Twitter so much that it'll never be the same company. I, I Listen, I'm open to it. I think Twitter, I, I was a big, uh, I still I still, still do tweet all the last week I haven't because I've been a little busy, but, um, you know, I, it's been frustrating for me because, you know, on Twitter is where I put out the information about, for example, the governor in California um, eating at the French Laundry. On Twitter is where I talked about, um, you know, the computers, the computer repair shop um, and JP, the guy that was given the computers by by Hunter Biden, and I was shadow banned. I didn't, I didn't get totally banned like the New York Post, but I was shadow banned for that thing. So I'm, you know, I know there's all these other options out there that but they just don't have the same size or the rate reach that, that Twitter has because of the fact it started so you know so long ago. I mean, I've been I've been on there since like '07. So I only say that because I would love to see Twitter get back to the the true open form that it once was. It's not there right now. Um, I would hope that Elon Musk being, I, I call him the, in my, my own little household, I call him the mad scientist. I mean, he's that guy who's like, he just likes to stir everything up. I mean, who would have thought digging tunnels under LA? I mean, he does it. Um, whether you like it or not, yeah. yeah. whether he finishes yeah. it or not, that's all different debates. But I kind of hope that someone like him can step in with the money and be like, well, no, we're going to, we're taking this back to where it should be. Yeah. Yeah, he said he said I saw him say one thing that with, with such clarity. He was like somebody was bugging him. Well, shouldn't the government be doing this? He goes, "Why do we give capital to an organization that has abject failure at the process of capital allocation? They don't allocate capital properly, so you don't get the the growth that the private sector can bring you." And I thought that, that is exactly the problem. That is it. Is a poor capital allocation system. It's inefficient, it's ineffective, it doesn't work. And to to everyone hand the capital that direction results in disaster always it always does so so he's an interesting guy to me i agree with you he's a guy that just shakes the box all the time and um yep i i i do i do i am upset thank god i'm not a twitter stockholder i would be very upset that the board would not have asked for a proxy vote uh because mm -hmm. that's how it's done in all business in all publicly held companies how do they get away with not doing that do you know no, well, I think I think they got away with it with the the, the politics of the time. I mean, in the sense that is it was the outside pressure that uh, or the inside pressure. People said, "Oh, you can't let Elon Musk do it. He'll he'll bring back everybody." I mean, it was like, "Well, what's wrong with that?" I mean, it should be my decision yeah. who I follow. 
I mean, there are a lot of nutcases out there. You know that you doctor do you know that more than I do. I say nutcases not in, yeah. in a in a mental state, but in just an action state. In, in, in the, in the, and I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. So it's like I, I kind of I I want to be able to choose my. That's the that's what makes America great is my ability to, to choose. And if I choose stupid, that's on me. But if I choose right, that's also on me. So I, I think that I, I, I kind of welcome it. But I think that the reason why they got away with not having a proxy vote is because of the current situation we're in where that outside pressure comes in. And then they have that as an excuse now. Oh, well, we got, pre- you know, we can't do this for, what- for whatever reason. I mean, if it happened four years ago or five years ago, I think that they would have had to have had a proxy vote. But in this current state, anybody can be pressured to doing just about anything, especially if you don't believe a political, a certain political direction. Right. So you mentioned that you tell take us again through what you knew about the Hunter Biden computers and what happened to you uh, and where we are now. Uh, hey, before you answer, though, Caleb is putting up on the screen here, Susan, that he bought Twitter in 2017. Yeah, good move in 2017, yeah. but you're going to lose half of those. You better you better <laughs> sell short. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. You're going to lose for a hot days. minute. Did you now buy, for time. Yeah. Get rid of it. But did you yeah. buy Tesla? But anyway. No. Yeah. <laughs> Did you darn short it. Netflix? No, darn it. <laughs> Netflix is down from seven hundred dollars. It's crazy. Okay, um, so so what what about all that? Well, tell us about your your experience with the the computers and when what you think is there and how this why what's gonna well tell what do you suspect is going to happen with all that? Okay, well I'll, I'll tell you how I found. Twitter and I was all of a sudden became Mr. Pro Donald Trump because I reported this and it's like I would report this if it was Don Jr. It wouldn't matter. Hang on, uh, I just have, have okay. adding up. So it was the first the first wait, day. The story just wait, wait, Adam, you, you Adam, the um, evidently the uh, the language police got involved and froze <laughs> us up for whatever you just said in response to my question. So so go back and say it again. Susan wants to hear everything you have to say. So so start over. Okay. I said uh, so. You know, when I first reported this, um, I had some people on on the internet who actually trolled my wife, trolled me. I was a big Donald Trump supporter all of a sudden. And what I tried to explain to people was like, listen, this could have been Don Jr. that I would have found this information about. I would have reported the exact same way. I don't care which party it was for. It kind of came to me by accident in the sense that um, I'd heard a little bit about the story, been out for maybe a half day or a day at the most. A friend of mine who I trust immensely calls me and says, hey, uh, I'm talking with JP's dad. And I go, who's JP's dad? He's like, you know, the computer repair guy. Right. And I'm like, what? And I'm trying to figure this out. And they said, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, um, you know, he's, he's starting to get attacked. And it's unfair. And I said, he's like, would you know, can you, can you do something to help him out? I said, well, I need to know the story. I'd have to talk to him. All of a sudden the dad gets on the phone. Dad's a war hero. The father was a war hero. He, he flew like, I forgot how many missions in Vietnam. And that's how my buddy knew him. And it's like, so dad's not going to be out there trying to run the ball for the Russians, for God's sakes. Dad is a war hero from Vietnam. Some of the most you know, pro-America, left and right, politically doesn't matter, but the most pro-American people I've ever met growing up in, in, you know, in my life. And they went through a lot being in Vietnam, uh, clearly. So he gives me the whole story. And I finally said, sir, I appreciate your service, first of all. And secondly, I said, it sounds believable, but I can't just report something like this. I, I, wanted, I, I got to talk to him. He's like, well, I'll see what I can do. You know, I'll try, blah, blah, blah. So I, the phone hangs up 20 minutes later. I'm at my parents' house. Sorry, I remember this. 20 minutes later, the phone rings. I took down all the notes in the back of a manila envelope from my mom's office. Um, and I, it was JP, was the computer repairman. And I, I treated him like I would any other interview subject when I was in the news. I grilled him. I grilled him up one side and down the other. I tried to catch him in contradictions. I tried to the point where I finally said, 
you know, you said to the news that you're, you, you couldn't be for sure because you're, you're legally blind. He's like, and he, and he explained to me it this way. This is what I think finally sold me was like, I've never been in front of a camera before. These guys stuck cameras in my face. I was afraid they were going to put me in front of you. Know, I watched law and order. As we said, he goes, I'm afraid they're going to throw me in front of a judge. I'm going to have to, he goes, he gets this whole yeah. spiel and I get it. And he was the way he was stumbling. I've met people like that when I've interviewed them. And he says to me, Adam, I'm legally blind, but I can see six feet. And my counter is not six feet in front of me. He's like, I know who gave me those computers. And then he was the one that sent me the, the email from Hunter Biden's attorney. I, re, I was the one that released that to the public. I put that out. So I believe him. And, and what mm. frustrated me also is people were so politically polarized. They don't do the common basic research. Funny enough, Dr. Drew, about three weeks before that, my wife's computer had crashed. The same type of computer that Hunter Biden brought in. Brought in five of them or whatever, three of them. And I had to, I watched the guy do it at my house. He plugs in the computer that's dead on one side into his computer where his screen opened a, a laptop and he has a hard drive on the other side and you literally drag, drop it on the top, on, onto, the, onto the screen, make sure it's not corrupted or whatever. And then you drag it over to the hard drive. When you drag and drop, what do you do? You see things. It's, in, it's absolutely impossible not to. There's no other way to do it. So this whole idea that he was digging around and, you know, He's like he was doing his job. And then I and, and then the other frustrating part, I think, for him and for me as a reporter was in his defense also, he tried not to make this public. He went they, his father tried to go to the FBI several times. He tried to go. They finally took it six months later from him. Six months later. And then nine months after that is when they finally went to uh, Rudy Giuliani because they hadn't heard anything. So you're talking about well over a year and several months time frame that this guy tried to keep it out of the public eye. He just wanted mm. to go to the authorities who eventually took it. And didn't do jack with it because they were trying to do for whatever reason. There's all kinds of theories out there on this, but they. All I know is if it had been my computer or your computer, I think it would have been treated much differently. And there are multiple. And, and then, what do you way. make of the whatever was fifty intelligence professionals who said, "Oh no, no, this is categorically, I can say for sure, this is a Russian, you know, Russian disinformation campaign." How? how yeah, what do you didn't even look at the computer. Well, those people, right. first that, of all, have zero. They have zero credibility. And what my frustration is, you see people putting being put on TV like a, John, like a Clapper or a Brennan um, from some of the other issues that they've had and some of the, the things they've told that have not come true and were complete fabrications. And it's like, how are those guys considered experts now? I mean, that'd be like me going out and saying, I'm the best. I was the best gymnast you've ever seen. I can do four backflips and I hit the Russian judge gave me a nine five. And then everyone knows that's a complete lie, but all of a sudden I'm an expert anyway. That, that doesn't make sense to me. So those, those, 50, those 50 professionals who signed on to that letter should be completely discounted from anything in the future in regards to um, their opinion on things because that was clearly uh, done either politically or because they were pressured. Um, and either way, it's wrong. They didn't, they didn't talk to the person. They didn't do, look at the computer. And again, actions always speak louder than words. The FBI kept the computer. The FBI opened investigation. You don't do that to something that's nothing. And I, now, what's on the computer? That's another whole debate. I don't honestly know. I, I he told me a few things that he saw. I don't think he truly knows everything either. Um, that's on there. I haven't spoken to him in a little while, but I, I believe the guy. I think he was an honest American. I think he was doing. I think he did what's right. I think he tried to do what's right for a very long time. And I think that for him to become the enemy is exactly what's wrong in this country right now. It what is it that so and so matt gates 
entered the contents of the computer into the congressional record? Is that, is that what I saw happen? I'm a little confused by what's happening now. And, and what is going to happen with that? And where is it all going to go, do we think? I don't know. Um, that's a good question. And funny you, you say that. I, I saw the, that clip. Uh, it was one of the, the actually, it was the only live thing I'd actually watched that day. <laughs> I happen to turn on. I don't watch uh. the news, but I, I turned on the C-SPAN and it popped up. And, um, and so I saw that and I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then I haven't had a chance to follow back up on it. You know, it's a little bit, it's a lot of stuff going on right now in Washington, as you know. Um, and so I need to follow up on what, I, I don't know, Matt. Um, and I'm not sure if it was a political stunt or if he actually does have what the contents were on there. And, and I also would like to know from my, my, what I'll do is I'm going to call one of my tech guys that I respect who doesn't have really a political animal in this game. And I'll be like, Hey, is this something that he would have been able to figure out, get open and, you know, see, and that person will tell mm. me yes or no. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I'll be anxious to hear what that is. I, I, I don't know where we're going with that. It's all very confusing to me. I, I wonder also if you have an, an opinion about uh, Julian Assange and what's happening with him. Uh, and it, there's another one. I mean, my, my frustration with Julian Assange is like, why can't, I guess it comes down to Julian Assange was a hero for one side until he wasn't. And now he's not, yeah. now he's, now he's, now he's the villain of that same side. And it's my, my, I just want truth to come out. And I, I, what I, what I find frustrating, Dr. Drew with JP, Julian Assange, even with, with, with the Trump administration, um, even Obama in some ways, and some of the other, their administration is I, I feel like we've become this, this country of we're going to win no matter what the cost is, no matter who's affected, no matter what the truth is. And we're not getting the truth out. Julian Assange is putting out stuff that benefited the left and they were pumped by it and then all of a sudden it didn't and then they're pissed by it um and i think julian has i would love i i think trump missed a huge opportunity i think trump should have brought him to the states done some sort of pardon um uh, because who knows what he knows i mean and for me again i just want truth and for no matter well, which side it benefits yeah isn't he at the i i'm wondering if he is going to be sort of ground zero or one of the at least one of the skirmishes around free speech right because both sides are pissed at him and and that's exactly yes. how it's supposed to be right you're supposed no one's supposed to question. like free speech just both, because he's he's because he's because he's exposing everything and there's bound to be stuff that's right. how that's how free speech finds a balance by pissing everybody exactly. off yep what's wrong with that i mean people are like well it, it, it hurts our security well, what about Bradley Manning or uh, what's what's I forgot he, uh, he, he transitioned, heard her name all of a sudden. But yeah. what you know, that's um, Yeah, right. And that that right? that I mean, we, people actually died. I might that people were speculating that somebody yeah. somebody died. But yeah, I mean, I don't want yeah. to see anybody no, lose their life. It's, Obviously, after, you, I, I'm America first guy. And I, love, I love to help the, rest of the world. It is, but it's very concerning. I mean, for me, especially being here, it, it, where I'm seeing this. You know, if you don't think a certain way, then you're a certain way. And it's like, wait a second here. I mean, I, I was at Fox, so automatically I was a right-wing extremist racist. I'm married to a black woman. Right. And then people say, oh, that's a cover. I'm like, are you kidding me? I mean, seriously <laughs> right now? This, this could be the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. I married a woman I had children because I want to cover well, my racism? I mean, that's insanity. And that's what we've come to. And there's people that believe this stuff, Dr. Drew. I don't know. And you would know as a doctor. Yeah. Is, I mean, it's like our psyche has been completely blown. The common sense is no longer common. Yeah. Well, it, 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 to me, one of the gravest concerns, and I saw it, uh, strangely enough, a sort of a Twitter feed today about this, uh, th that the foundation of all that, what you're talking about, are the post-structuralist 
French philosophers, Foucault, Chaussure, these guys from the from the 1950s that mm-hmm. I, I've seen, I've been studying French lately and I've been seeing some French speakers talk on that and they're, they cannot understand how anyone could be interested in those fools. They, in fact, from, the, from many philosophers' perspective, they were playing a joke. It was sort of, they were mm-hmm. having fun with reality by you know, making fun of words and things. This, this idea that reality really doesn't exist. Well, look, the physicists can tell you that, but there is a, there is a, there's an emergent, uh, what we call classical world that we must deal with. And it does exist. And it has, it has sort of biological rules and it has sociological rules. There's things that just happen and operate. And the idea that we are preoccupied with meaningless French philosophers from nearly 100 years ago that the French themselves would have nothing to do with for the last 70 years is, is just weird. And yet they cling yeah. to these guys and their, their nihilism. And I guess maybe it's, I don't know. You know nihilism, I guess, is... is um, uh, attractive when you're trying to just completely tear everything down, I guess. I, you know, and then you have people that are out there that are, you know, still somehow what's old is new again, talking about the benefits of, 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 a, of a true socialist or communist society. I mean, we know this doesn't yeah. work, people. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you said, well, Eastern, Western Europe yeah. has, they have some socialist things. They're not socialist nations. There's a difference. Yes. I mean, have you? Yes. Uh, and yeah. I think yeah. part of the problem is yeah. a lot of Americans who think these things are woke or they're trying to be they're trying to be helpful, but the only form travel they've ever done is to a sandals resort in the Caribbean. They've never actually been to, you know, a place where people are under these type of uh, very strict constraints. I mean, Venezuela, I've been to Cuba. I haven't been there, thankfully, but I want to go. Venezuela, I've been to. I've been to, you know, uh, on the border of North Korea. So I've seen what North Korea looks like standing in the South Korean side. You know, um, China, I've been to China. You know, you you've been to some of these nations and you see how people are treated and you see what they're yearning for and they're yearning for what we have. And in some cases we're giving away. Yeah. I I've been to Cuba a couple of times. Uh, and last time we were there, we had to buy people food because they didn't have food. And there were some lovely elements of music and celebration and the hotels right. kind of worked, but the rest of the country was just so, Oh my God, it was struggling. I mean, it yeah. was just terrible they, to see. Right. Communism doesn't work and then people go it's because americans choke them off economically it's like no no we got in right right in between when trump opened it up and it closed it on a cruise ship but it was it was good to see i mean they they seemed like they were trying to be capitalistic and make money off of it but they didn't have anything to sell they didn't you know and if you sell something you have to give half the money to the government so like anything you sell well remember the the socialism and communism was when the government owns the businesses and back to Elon Musk's point that this is this is the least effective system, the allocation of capital. Now, it just they just don't do a good job at it. It just doesn't work. And to the extent that there is socialism in Western Europe, they paid a gigantic economic price for it. The only gigantic. The hurt from sanctions are the people. The the government doesn't. Yeah. You know. No. Yeah. Because we're well, giving we have, sanctions. Government, oh, we're the government's going to find it. Yeah. Yep. It doesn't do anything. Well, and, it, and it's again, it's not a 50% tax that is makes it a socialist system. We pay 50%. If you live in California, you're right. paying 50%. You're paying, that's what you're paying. Uh, what, 54 is it now? It's yeah. probably more in yeah. Cuba. It's probably like 75%. I, it's not the taxing. It's it's the control. Uh, there's there's no 
economics. There's no, there's no, I don't know. I, again, we're getting into Listen, a if our, crazy conversation. If our roads were good, our mental health was, was, was properly function, uh, you know, functioned. If our schools had proper, truly had the money going to the students, if uh, law enforcement mm-hmm. was properly secured, you know, our infrastructure and bridges were being, then I'd be fine paying 54%. But in California, our roads are crap. Our mental health system is not being addressed. Money's being thrown away for horrible decision-making in Sacramento in regards to, this is happening across the country, by the way. That, oh, but, uh, you know, I can yeah. go through the whole list, but while I'm on this really quickly, for those who are yeah. watching from California, because I don't want to make this a California Center conversation, take a look and keep an eye on, it's one of the other things I've been talking about and tweeting about, is the absolute mm-hmm. mess of money that this country gave away for COVID. And that money didn't go, mm-hmm. they're trying to make it sound like, oh, well, this person took $2 million, that person took $2 million, and, and the inmates, they stole bull crap. That's all very, very, it's like, a, it's like a percent of what was stolen. In California alone, right now, the estimate is $60 billion was lost to COVID. We're not getting any of that back. Nationwide, it's over $500 billion. California could reach $100 billion alone, and most of that money went overseas. It went to West Africa yeah. and Eastern Europe. It, it's basically yeah. financing crime. Yeah, please, please keep reporting on that. It, it was it was a boondoggle of of just monumental proportions, and I, I and I, that people don't understand. Again, I, the 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 California is such a mess. I I keep saying I will I don't mind paying tax either if I get something for it. Now I live in the city of Pasadena, and they have great city services, and I have sales tax and things that I pay. I am delighted to pay my garbage. Everything is good, and, and the, I can look out my window and see my government functioning. In fact, I saw, oh Christ, what, what's the name of the famous Nobel Prize winning economist? Uh, that everyone's he's sort of out of favor right now anyway i saw an interview with him where he was saying that's why you know really the the best government is local government that's where people can see and participate in and the the habit of democracy is something that alexis de Tocqueville pointed out in 1820 as why democracy was working in america and the fact that things get more and more centralized is breaking that down things need to be decentralized Mm -hmm. the centralization is really i see it killing my profession centralization is really bad in in medicine right now and it and it, it's yeah. why doctors didn't perform well during covid they were afraid they were listening to central authorities and the central authorities did not know what they were doing or took weird weirdly engaged in political thinking around their medical decision making it was very very strange and it did yeah. not help people i've never heard physicians say go home and come back when you're an extremist go home and come back when you're really sick that was the weirdest most effed up thing i'd ever seen Let's, um, Adam, I got to take a quick break here. Uh, We'll be right back in one minute. We'll take some calls off Clubhouse, so stay with us. Let me take a minute to tell you about Blue Mics. Over the two years we've been working with our friends at Blue Mics, the world has completely adapted to working and meeting virtually. So whether you know it or not, you probably spent a lot of time in front of a microphone. Take it from someone who has spent probably half my life on a microphone. Sounding good is extremely important. And because of Blue Mics, I have never sounded better. But a good mic isn't just for broadcasting. Quality audio makes a big impact on whomever is listening on the other end, from coworkers to clients to friends. Clear sound can make all the difference. Thanks to Blue Mics, you don't need complicated or expensive equipment to get professional results. For simple plug-and-play setups, try Blue Mics Yeti series. It plugs right into your USB port on your computer. 
Need something more robust? Blue's got an entire line of professional XLR mics like the Mouse or the Blueberry we use here in our studio, as well as the more compact Encore 300. I love it for clear quality sound when we travel. Bottom line, there is no excuse to be the one on the conference call who sounds like you're in a tunnel or underwater. I cannot say enough about Blue Mics, and once you try one, you will never go back. To take your audio to the next level, just go to drdrew.com blue. That is drdrew.com B-L-U-E. We are back with Adam Housley. Again, you can find him at Adam Housley. Let me get all your proper stuff. We lost our audio or something. <laughs> oh, now? Lost my audio. At some point. At some point. We had, we had some freezing. We have frozen. Not yours. Yeah, when Adam Sorry, starts talking about uh, no, problematic blue, topics, during we the just ad. freeze. What is that all about? No, something during the ad happened. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. It's Adam. It's Adam Housley. Uh, wait a minute. Is that Adam Housley? Is that right, Adam? Am I getting an Adam yep. Housley life? All right. There we go. It's at Adam Housley. Yep. Uh, you got okay. It. Okay. Each. Uh, so let's get some calls going here. Oh, and by the way, people are giving me a bunch of shit about uh, Dr. Fauci. I, I've been, from the beginning of this pandemic, I've been saying, you know, the press needs to shut up and we should listen to Dr. Fauci and the CDC. Now, I, 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 you know, I know Fauci has been adulterated. The CDC has to take a good, long, hard look at itself and its performance here. It's not been what I wanted, but I do believe, I believe he and that organization will adjust course. I don't think... The public health system is going to adjust course necessarily. Right. That, that's what I'm worried about. The horrible, horrible decision-making by county and state public health officials. And by the way, I, I realize that we have non-physicians in these public health positions. That's insane. And to the extent that we do have physicians, there's a majority of pediatricians. And they are, don't have the judgment capacity. They're not used to making judgments around adult medicine. I talked to... Um, Peter Hotez the other day, and he was flipping out about the neurological consequences of COVID. And I was thinking, what? What is he? What, why is he so worked up about it? I thought, oh, he's he doesn't he's never done adult neurology. He doesn't understand that old older people my age, when we get sick, we always get neurological symptoms, and then we recover. That's the way it works. That's a, having an old brain. That's what it's all about. Let's see if I can get Steve up here now. Uh, Steve K. There you are, Steve. What's going on? Hey guys, how are you? Good. Um, Susan, you, uh, you might want to check. I'm, I'm not sure of all the details on this, but on, on the subject of Shanghai, mm. it's my understanding that there's a major Chinese communist party election that's happening in the next few months. Mm. And that this lockdown may be related to that. I don't know. Ah, that would, switch. that would be where student Susan Spidey sense. was. <laughs> up. I, I, I know not to disregard your Spidey sense, by the way, trust me, I'm not, I'm not disregarding it. I'm, I'm just trying to figure it out, what it is you might be what, saying. What, they, they're shutting down because they think people like them better when they get shut down? Or maybe it works against some political figure versus another. What do you think, Steve? Yeah, the areas that they're shutting down are related to the opposition. Shanghai is technology-intense uh, and a lot of the opposition. It's considered the freest city in China, which I know right. is kind of Right, and they also are shutting down the technology There as you well. go, there you go. And Elon Musk's plan is over there, too. In Shanghai, but interesting. Um, just yeah, I mean, so confusing. Let's see what what that's about. Um, Adam, are you familiar with a book called Unrestricted Warfare? I'm not. Is Adam still on the line? He's here. He, he was thinking. He's a little delay. You, you'll speak. He has a little delay before he can hear you, like like a, a second. Okay, um, but he said no. It he's plays not. In, yeah, go ahead. It plays into your discussion a lot. The, it was written by two Chinese colonels in 1999, and it's essentially a blueprint, the, the blueprint for 
from those colonels to the Chinese Communist Party for domination of the West uh, and the globe. And what was written, it's translated, and it's a tough read, but translated, it says, you know, there are three ways that we're going to control and dominate the West, three types of warfare. Um, there's uh, data or cyber warfare. There's economic warfare, and there's kinetic warfare, you know, guns up. And if we win the first two types of warfare, we will never have to fire a gun. And apparently that is, is the plan. Um, and we see, we've seen it in economic warfare. We've seen it how the, you know, China's, uh, the CCP has taken our manufacturing industries or replaced them with fentanyl uh, in, in many of the major manufacturing cities. And we've also seen, you know, the dominance uh, and the money that's been poured into media and uh, into our technology. Our technology has been stolen. So, you know, I'm, I'm just wondering if this is kind of, there are no conspiracies, but there are also no coincidences. You know, if, if maybe just this, this is just part of a, a larger plan to not crush us, like you said, but to control us. Well, yeah, yeah. So, what do you say there, Adam? Yeah, makes I mean, sense to me. I mean, it makes complete sense. You also there's there's something else that I'm, I have not read the book, but I got to believe somewhere in there from what you're telling me, um, there's got to be some sort of connection in regards to enveloping yourself or ingraining yourself, I should say, into society. I mean. China is so intertwined into the United States right now in so many different ways that they have, they hold a lot of strings and they hold a lot of power here. Um, and the U S has allowed that to happen. Sometimes our freedom can be, um, you know, something that's going to hinder us. And I think that you have to add that into the mix as well. Again, China doesn't want us mm -hmm. to uh, fail. They want us to falter. There's a difference. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and Adam riddle me this, I, I am, I'm probably the only person that's had, I, I brought this up before and it lands like a thud, but I'm going to bring it up again now, which is there were two opium wars where it was Western society essentially infected all of China with opiates. Nobody sees the irony that now they're doing that to us. And we, we, we complain about it like, like, like maniacs. And well, how are they allowed? Why do they keep doing it? Why don't they stop? We did it. We twice we did it. And the wars were fought over it when, when they attempted to cut it off. We literally right. went to war because China said enough with the opium. It's insane that we, no one sees that history again. Adam, am I, am I off base here? No, we don't talk about history. Dr. Drew, we don't, we don't talk about That's history. Right. Oh, you there? Right. You struck That's back. That's right. You struck yeah, I'm back. here. Well, I'm we don't here. talk about history. We don't, Keep we don't going. I struck back. I mean, uh, but even, even, even recent history, we don't learn from it for... You know, he makes a point about the, the cyber warfare. I, I know this from the, the FBI guys who are on the front lines of this. We have military. I've, I've done the story three or four times of different cyber warfare teams we have. And uh, most recently, I got, I think I put this out on Twitter about a year ago, a buddy of mine contacted me. Th there's warehouses in China where they have people sitting in front of, of, of big plywood, basically tilt-ups, and they have between 20 and 40 cell phones all the way across. And all they're doing is, is influencing U.S., the U.S. and U.S. social yeah. media. Right. I mean, there, there's. Yeah. I think the. Right. I've got the average. The number. The number. The, the number of, of of fraud cases right now, um, that's coming from China is massive. I think the U.S. opens. I forgot how many hundred of cases every day. That's all coming from China. They're they're absolutely at a massive war with us, and we don't either don't care, or don't know how to handle it. 
I get pictures of young Chinese women that, hi, you're in my contacts and I don't know who you are. And I start cracking up. I just like, I I fuck with them. But (laughs) But they're always like, oh, oh, you know, what do you do? Oh, maybe we can be friends. I'm like, no, sorry. But they never, I never click click on any links. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, right. She gave her all her passwords and everything to this Chinese woman. I don't understand (laughs) what what she was up to, but. (laughs) Completely safe. Always really cute. So it's really safe to do. Um, so yeah, yeah. So let's get another call here going. Hang on, guys. Uh, Bobby's out there. On, on, Hi, Bobby Chacon on Clubhouse. Raise your Clubhouse? hand. Well, let's let's bring, right up I'm his gonna, alley. I'm invite Bobby to speak because I want to ask him that question that we talked about earlier about the the uh, leaders in intelligence go, coming in and. Uh, now, we'll see if Bobby comes to the to the podium here to speak. He may not want to speak about this. Maybe doing the Chinese move today. No, no. It's what I'm. I'll, I'll let him speak about the Chinese thing we were talking about. But also, oh, I see him coming. Hi, Bobby. Bobby. You got to un- unmute yourself. You're still. We couldn't hear a thing because you're muted. Your mic's muted. It's the lower right hand corner of the mic thing. Am I doing this right? You got it. We hear you now. So we had uh, we had drinks and dinner with your friend uh, Lauren Savan, your new neighbor. My neighbor, I know. We celebrated her birthday last week. Too crazy. Small world. So, Small world. I don't so, uh, so we were... Oh, do you know and Adam I, and I known each other for a while, too. We've had dinner. That's right. Yeah, I, I was going to say. That. Is that the I, I remember that, that now. I know, I know Bobby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so, Adam, I, I want to ask Bobby the same question I asked you. These, these 50 intelligence uh, professionals, so-called, that got in and said, uh, there's nothing to see here with this laptop. It's definitely Russian interference. What should we make of that, Bobby? Well, I mean, look, you should make of it that when people retire from government, they try to leverage their experience to maximize their income. Mm. And that's interesting. So there, there's a very big move. And, you know, my former colleague, uh, McKay, Andy McCabe, did it. And uh, Josh Campbell has done it. I mean, these people leave government service and then they go and they get big contracts with CNN or MSNBC. And when you do that, and, and, and by, by the way, people have probably seen me on CNN and MSNBC, but I've never received a dime for appearing on any of those. Uh, I, I, will, I will vouch for Bobby on that. He's been on my show on HLN. I put Bobby times. on the floor. He didn't our guests. And I've never, I've, never taken, I've never taken money to give my opinion. Mm-hmm. And um, these people have. And they get very lucrative contracts um, with these networks to do that. And so, it, it's, but the understanding is they will say, what the networks want them to say, regardless of their public pronouncements of objectivity. Mm. Um, that just doesn't last because a friend of mine did have one of those contracts and was relieved of it in short order because he didn't toe the line. Right. Um, and, and so that's what I make of this. I make these people, there is this huge movement now in these people to write books and, and become experts and become commentators. Yep. And it's all, it's all financially driven. Yep. 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 Well, and, and to be fair, the, the the mess we're in with media generally is because media has become news, particularly has become such a commercial enterprise that it's distorting the left. ethics and the priorities. It is it, Adam. Tell us, yeah. tell me more. That's why I mean, Bobby. I've known Bobby. So hey, Bobby, good to talk to you, buddy. I, I've known Bobby. I put Bobby on. Never paid him anything. He was always one of the reasons why I like to use Bobby. I used him a couple of times is because he told you what he felt, and there was no pay mm-hmm. behind it. But he's mm-hmm. exactly right. I mean, you have a lot of these experts that come on, and one of the frustrating parts of being a correspondent in the field, and I can tell you this is across the networks. This isn't just Fox or CNBC or ABC or NBC. They're all frustrated with this. 
is that you'll be out in the field. I'd be out in, for example, the Middle East or someplace covering something. And I'd been there for how many days? And you got some expert who comes on who's sitting in a chair, either someone who used to be in government who's being paid to say exactly what Bobby says. Either they were told what to say or they know the angle to say. Or it's somebody who's, you know, looks good on the air that's never been overseas, again, other than the Sandals Resort. And they sit down, they start talking about Mitty's policy, or they start talking about, and I'm yes. like, what is, I'm here. What are you talking? That's not what happened. I mean, it's insane to yes. me. And Bobby, so Bobby's exactly right. So as a correspondent, one of the reasons why I left was we were doing one one report a day. Uh, you'd be on a story and it's like, well, that doesn't help. We're out of, what, we're, what are we here for then? And a lot of times it'd be superseded by somebody sitting in a chair in D.C. or New York who has no idea what they're right. talking about other than they're going to spew right. an opinion to follow a certain line. So, and um, it's so Adam, really frustrating. I, I, Adam, I, I, I've seen the exact same phenomenon in any medical topic that the news ever covers. It, it's done it, it completely distorted, completely off base, does not, does not get anywhere near the truth. And I think this is all something called Gelman amnesia. Do you, Bobby, Adam, you guys know what Gelman amnesia is? I do not. Gelman Amnesia is a term, if you Wikipedia, it's a famous physicist that when he'd read the paper and the paper would be covering physics, he'd go, my God, they've got this so wrong. Why, why do they always get physics wrong? And then he'd go read the rest of the paper and forget that his, <laughs> his expertise was not well represented, but he assumed everything else was. So complex things like politics and international relationships, he assumed that was being truthfully represented, which of course it is not. And I think now we all know that. The question is, let's, let's the three of us here talk about how to solve that. How do, how do we solve it uh, other than there being like a BBC? And by the way, the BBC has been a law of base lately, too. I watch a lot of them, hoping that they'll give me the truth. But what, how, do we, well, problem, how do we find... Go ahead, Adam. I said the problem with the Beeb, and I watch the Beeb as well, is that the Beeb also has a political bent when it comes to the Middle East. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't where you sit on Israel, but they obviously have a very strong view on Israel. And, and that's just a fact. I, I think the frustration is, and Bobby, you've been, you've, Bobby's been on all the networks as a guest. I can tell you as a correspondent who worked at Fox for 17 years nationally and with all the other networks at some point, point or another called and offered me a job and some have even recently. Um, so I've been in their, a lot of their newsrooms. I've been around in the, in the field with all their correspondents. The frustration, I think what happens is, is, is there hasn't been enough a, a, Americans to stand up and say, okay, enough, enough. <laughs> And I'm like, we need that dog. We need that reaction. I think that's on Bobby's We need end. that barking. Yeah, we need bark. well, yeah, we need that dog to stand. Bobby, get your Bob out there to stand up and help us in this country. That's an FBI. Oh, Americans have to demand it. I mean, I knew we were in trouble when I was supposed to go cover the death of Nelson Mandela, and for six months prior to, we knew he was in a very difficult situation. Um, we had other stories lined up, so it wasn't just going to be a $25,000 trip or whatever it was going to cost. I was going to do some other stuff after after we covered that. And it went away because of money. And uh, There was never a decision like that before. I mean, my first eight, 10, whatever years at Fox, it was like, oh, something's happening there? Go. There was never a thought process of, oh, well, is it going to cost us an extra $5,000? We could actually just put Joe Smith in a chair in Washington, D.C. and let them talk yeah. about it. And I yeah. think that's, we, that's we got right. away from being there. And it's all about opinion. Opinion's yeah. cheap. It's easy. Yeah. It's lazy. And it's and it, it draws a certain crowd, but that crowd's getting older and older and older. And I it, I don't know yeah. what it's going to take, Dr. Drew, but somebody has got to step up and say, no, we're gonna do it right. It's gonna well, happen. I, I think as I'm sitting here thinking out loud, and Bobby, I'll let you ring in on this, but it, it occurs to me, A, long form interviews. 
Say what you will about Joe Rogan. Put somebody else in that driver's seat if you want. Somebody you like. That's fine. Long form interview. A. B. Freedom of speech. So we we can actually yep. see what's what people are thinking. Bobby, what do you say? Yep. You know, I, I agree wholeheartedly with that, Doctor Drew. I I, I have kind of uh, issued the going on these to, to these two or three minute interviews because it just doesn't give me the opportunity to to expound on things and yep. and and often things are much more nuanced. Um, then they appear and I need that time. So I'm on, for example, twice a week now on court TV, I get 30 minutes each time I, Tuesday and Thursday, six to six 30, I get 30 minutes to talk. So, you know, you know, these, these two or three, you know, and it happens all the time to me last week. And this is how it, this is how it manifests. I get called I'll, for an appearance. Yes, I'll do it. Hey, the producer gets on and says, Hey, send me some of your, your thoughts on this, your talking points on that. I send that. And then, you know, they either like it and I say with appearance or I get like I did last week on Fox. I get, you know what? We're going to go in a different direction. Um, we'll use you next time. Of course. And- well, we, I just went through that yesterday. <laughs> I just, yeah. uh, and, and but I but I, I, by the way, am highly trained to get <laughs> things down to a little nugget where I feel like it's worthwhile <laughs> for me to get in there, at least deliver that nugget. But I never delude myself that I'm going to cover the topic ever, ever, ever. And I'm also I'm also a guy that man. has somewhat mo- yeah some I get moderate views I will admit that and and sometimes they're not extreme enough in one me direction too. or the other that's for right, me too. a lot of people I that's will right. balance and that's just the way my mind works I, yeah. I balance things and, yeah and I and and sometimes that's frustrating to producers and and sometimes hosts and stuff and and they want you know they want you they want a barking dog and and i'm not that barking well, dog well, there are other former fbi agents who will be that barking dog but that's just not and, me. And just think body. about it the the, the i'll let you fill us in in a second Anna, but i want people to think yeah. about the fact that the the hosts want the controversial guest because they need the ratings to keep their expensive job the producer is a 23 year old or at most a 27 year old who's has you know in, in his or her first job and and they want to look good to the 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 up the ups by getting getting ratings. They don't care about the truth. But go ahead, Adam. No, you're exactly right. I was going to say that a lot of the producers, and a lot of times it's just like who's available the quickest and easiest. And, and so sometimes that yeah. they won't go down the rolodex to further down. They'll stay at that first little chunk of the rolodex because that that person keeps coming on and saying what we want, and it's an easy call because they got to make five calls and they got to get five guests in an hour. They don't have time to wait for someone to call back and find out studio time. They already know that kind of thing. That's the first thing. Uh, and and for me, uh, the second thing I think the for and Bobby can also probably talk to this as well. Um, leaving leaving my industry and still being in it a little bit, um, I can tell you that it's restored my faith in humanity. Because having a tasting room, and I only mention that for this, is because people come in from all walks of life, and the majority of us are like what Bobby and you just said. The majority of us are issue oriented people. We're going to agree on ninety to ninety five percent of everything, whether you say you're a Republican or a Democrat. The problem is the news media. And I'm not going to hear bashed, but the national news media continues to find the extreme and the extreme, especially on the right side, because it's what stirs people up. It's easy. It's cheap. And Bobby doesn't always say those things to stir people up. He says maybe what is correct, but it's not controversial enough. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I know. I I know. But but and that's fine if we want to have entertainment opinion shows. But the same right. people that are creating that programming 
stand up and talk about their journalistic integrity and how they're there to protect. They're the fifth state, whatever, fourth state, whatever. Yeah. And it's just that that is now you're insulting. Now it's disgusting. Now, now it's truly disgusting what you're saying, because if, if people buy that now, now I'm very worried about this. Go Opinion, fine. Have an opinion show. That's OK, whatever. Uh, but to claim that you're doing something else is where I really have a problem. I, yeah, totally I don't see. I think that the only place I find you know, though, you know, topics covered in the old fashioned way is local, my local six o'clock news in the local markets who, who are there just to cover local stories. And, and you do get that old fashioned, yeah. here's the fact. Yeah. And this is what happened today yeah. in our city. And that's mm -hmm. it. But mm -hmm. as far as the bigger issues and the national uh, coverage, you're just not getting that. Yeah, that's right. I, I think, yeah, the I, I, I think it is good about Adam. Oh, sorry, with the delay. The only problem with local news has is, that, and you're exactly right, I watch local news, I don't watch national news at all. The only problem they have mm -hmm. is they're having to turn around a 4 o'clock story, a 5 o'clock story, and a 6 o'clock story. So they are doing the best they can, but for the local crews, it's usually a reporter and a photographer. That's it, unless you're in certain parts of the Bay Area or the city where you have to have a, a security guard. But it's usually just a reporter or photographer, and they're having to turn something around in an hour or two. So they're, they're doing the best they can, but then you lose the, the, use, the, use the aspect of actually truly finding out the depth of the story. So local news has a different mm -hmm, challenge mm -hmm. than national news has, but at least they're trying. National news doesn't even care. Yes, they, 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 right. They are trying to report. The investigative reporting, if they get some funding for that, they'll do it. Kind of thing. I, I, I think it is sort of the golden age, of, in a way, of local news because I, I would agree with both you guys. I, I watch it and I get information. I get things I can rely on. I can see in the stories. And, uh, but I do think that, that the social media and the, the apps, the citizens apps, you know, th this is changing the whole nature of things. I mean, you literally can <laughs> get the news from your local region on an app. I mean, the, the actual, actual information. And so I don't know. I don't know how this is going to play out, but, but I do hope that people have had enough of this. I really do. Uh, Bobby, I'm going to put you back in the audience. It's good to hear from you. Thank you. Well, hopefully we'll see you soon, all right? Thank you. Great hearing from both you guys. Thanks. <clears throat> Susan, <clears throat> something's... <clears throat> Thank you. There we go. To the rescue. You're in Shanghai? Okay, I'll sing. Don't make me sing. Okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me sing. It's weird, I get that. My <laughs> wife can sing. I can't. I know, I know. I just thought about her. Uh, okay, we're going to talk to Gravitation Beam. I don't know what the name is on that, but there you are. Uh, Gavin, what's going on? Gavin? Hold on a second, Gavin. We don't really hear you there. Hold on. I hear him talking, but can you... Yeah. Gavin, is there a way you can... You may be away from your phone microphone or something, or maybe there's a Bluetooth that's on, because you sound like you're a million miles off in the distance. Yeah, we can't quite hear that. I'm going to put him back in the audience for a second. Um, all right, let me get one more in here. Sorry, Gavin, I'm, I just could, we just could barely hear your voice. We had no idea what you were saying. Josh, what's going on? Hey, Dr. Drew. Um, can you hear me? Yep. Okay, yeah, so um, I wanted just to talk about conspiracy theories in general from a psychological point of view. Um, they seem to be something that we cling to when we're feeling pain mm -hmm. but that seems very sort of basic and i was wondering what your thoughts were on that uh, because it helps the discussion i think to to not say you're doing you're a conspiracy theorist but just to talk about that these things do exist and they are a refuge from 
emotional pain, frankly, and yeah. we're all feeling emotional yeah. pain. Yeah, I completely agree with you. So, 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 uh, Adam, I don't know if you have an opinion about this, but I, I feel very strongly that conspiracy theory is a response to pain, but it's mostly pain caused by fear and the way our brains work. We, we are meaning-making machines. That's what we are. That's how the frontal lobes function. We have all this other stuff going on, and the frontal lobes are interpreting it all the time. And to the when especially out in the world when we have fear and we can't understand what was going is going on, we will force some structure and meaning into it. And certain personality styles and certain obsessional type type structures in our in our cognition move people towards conspiracy type thinking. What are your thoughts on that, Adam? Yeah, I mean, what about uh, my question? I have a, I want to follow up with a question to you on that too. Would a situation okay. where we we obviously were mostly shut in in and out for the last two years then you add to it a lot of the misinformation oh, yeah. that's been coming out there so if you're someone who believes a certain way and you've been told that you know you know uh the Rus russia 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 or whatever whatever you happen to believe in it doesn't yeah. matter yeah and all of a sudden that becomes yeah. hey you were called a conspiracy theorist for tougher reporting on that and now all of a sudden you're not oh what's that do i mean I, I, wouldn't that drive i would assume that would drive even more conspiracy theory and those who might be on the, on right. the verge, right? I mean, I, I just common sense to me is what no, they think. When, when, I'm not a doctor. So, 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 no, no, exactly right. So, so people then don't know where to go to get information they can rely on to make sense of these things that are frightening them. And when you are inconsistent, think about dealing with, I, look, I, and I'm not belittling people by saying this. It's just weird as how humans are. Think about how you deal with right. a child. If you are inconsistent, Man, that child doesn't know what to do. That child, can, that child's behavior goes all over the place, and the child, as an adult, may start thinking strange things. If you are inconsistent and irrational and scary, well, you're going to be suspect. And if I'm already trying to make sense of things and I can't, and there's a sort of an evolving structure I'm seeing, I might put you into that structure in some way or. Have you hiding that you're you're part of this in the sense that you're hiding the structure? Whatever it is, it's just how right. people's minds work. It's very frustrating. I, I don't like dealing with paranoia myself. It's my own personality quirk. I don't like not being able to reason with people. The problem with paranoid and delusions and conspiracies, no matter what you tell somebody about the facts, they will find a way to wrap it into their delusion. It's very frustrating. They, 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 they'll go, oh yeah, sure you can say X, but the reality is the reason you're saying X is you don't understand that Y and Z is going on, and if you knew Y and Z, you would say X, and of course you're saying X. It, it, right. Whatever it is, it just becomes distorted. And and I, I would urge people, it's a guy I, I interview once, but I'll probably bring him out here. Uh, I, I interview him on my, on my podcast. Dr. Drew podcast uh, called Gleb Sabursky, and he has he's a cognitive psychologist, and he just just keeps writing about all these distortions that are just running amok with all of us these days. And I would urge everybody, and I'm not saying you shouldn't be thoughtful and logical. What I'm saying is you shouldn't trust your thinking. You should always assume you have a bias. You should always assume there may be some inconsistency or problems in your thinking and constantly reevaluate your thinking because thinking is often the enemy. And this, I can't say, it's, I do with this Adam and addiction all the time. People's thinking is what gets them back to relapse. It's, it's the enemy, it's the, it's the problem. And for instance, I have a positive bias. That's one of my cognitive biases. So I'm 
tend to think positively about outcomes and that biases the things I say. Uh, and I can't get over it. I can't. I, I and I'm I'm a little mystified by people that have a negative bias. I don't I don't see what that right. gets you. It doesn't, it doesn't help you to have a negative bias. But it, as uh, as this cognitive psychologist I'm, I've been discussing said to me, he goes, "Look, when we were in the environment of evolutionary adaptedness in the caves, uh, there was somebody who stayed in the cave by the fire and took care of the kids, while you, with the positive bias, decided you could go out and get a mammoth because you were hungry because you felt like you could do that. We need both. We need both positive and negative biases in our in our population, but none of us should just go with those biases and assume they're accurate. Always." Always second guess yourself. Always think things through again. I don't know if you have to do that to yourself, Adam. You, you seem pretty grounded in your, you know, in your your logical thought. Uh, well, you know, there, you, you get challenged all the time. That's just life. Whether you believe in God or you yeah. believe in a tree, you know, you're going to be challenged. And those those, yeah. I do. I, I I would I think side on your side. I'm more of a, a on the positive. I try to find the positive outcome on most things, even in some of the most crazy situations. It just just kind of who I am. I, I I don't I you know there there's all this you know there's a whole science of uh, positive psychology and how and positive mental attitude and all positive thinking and the secret and all this that's all positive stuff uh, and it looks like generally speaking humans benefit from that kind of positive thinking even in very difficult situations and even when that positive bias may cause you to predict the wrong outcome having a positive bias generally is good for our mental health i should tell you on that susan is there more you want to hear from adam i'm going to wrap things up here we are uh running out of time he's been very no, generous he's, with been the awesome. time. So he's got to run coach some soccer yeah he's got to go, and, go coach. <laughs> well i appreciate so you guys fun. having me on i, I know it's a lot it. of fun and you gotta get here to napa and have yeah, some really wine for crying out Yes, we want to come. I know. Yeah, we will. We'll be up there. Trust me. Uh, you say it. Say it a second time. We'll be up there sooner than you maybe we'll want. Solve, but we'll solve uh, the problems. <laughs> you say yes. Over a glass of wine. That's how you do it. That's and how, and do it. how fun that we got Bobby Shacon in here on the same day. That's fantastic. So yeah, that's crazy. So good. Yeah, Bobby's right. a good guy. It's crazy. Bobby's nice guy. a good guy. We got so. our system to work today. So thank I God. Know, we get to hear from Susan. So we got the club. All right, Adam Housley, everybody. Uh, at Adam Housley and Adam. Hopefully, we'll talk soon. That was good, guys. Thank you. I really appreciate it. You got it. And uh, Susan, we will kind of wrap things up here. Uh, we got to go to dinner. We're three hours later in New York right now. Like I said, Wheel of Fortune is on the road. We're not in Orlando. We're not in Hawaii. We're in New York. <laughs> I know that was confusing. So I'm glad Susan brought that up because people didn't know what I was talking about. Yeah. Um, I know. I'm, I'm not catching all the, the, all the nuances, nuances of yeah. life. I'm, well, maybe it's just I'm not being clear. I think that's No, I, I just don't know. I don't know everything. Okay, I'm looking at you guys on Restream. You know everything. To see if... Uh, uh, okay, Iggy Pop says, uh, Fukuyama argues that conspiracies and unhealthy myths flourish when societal trust breaks down. Yeah, when people are scared and they don't know who to trust. That's exactly what happens. Um, uh, okay, Siler. Uh, I, don't, I don't know where you're going with <laughs> I saw that. that. I don't know where you're going with these things, but but they're way off me. So you, you have, have fun. I hope, I hope it's amusing everybody else. I thought Tom Cigar would be in there with, uh, with, uh, with, a, with a hammer, but okay. No, he's uh, Leopold's over on in Twitch there though. Now. He uh, left, he are we going to Mark's restaurant? No, Leopold. Does Mark have a restaurant here? I don't think he has a restaurant in New York. Yeah. Does he? Does no, he? no. He doesn't. He has a New York a restaurant in Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, he's got one in the Hamptons in a, his hotel. Yes. Yes. It's in. It's in. Uh, Long That's pretty Island, good so too. It's, it's a long way from here. So no, we're just. His son go was in, cooking here. We we're going to... in the hood. We're going in the hood. 
Oh, uh, okay, so let's wrap everything up. Caleb, thank you for uh, for uh, manning the ship today and for getting us uh, technically going at a distance here. It's fun Happy to be able to do Happy 420, Colin Robinson. <laughs> uh, Susan is a, is a fan of uh, what we do in the shadows as well, so talking to Colin Rab- Robinson is especially <laughs> appealing to us. Uh, and when are they coming out with the new season, by the way? Yeah, that would be good. Uh, let's see. That was uh, Drew's favorite. Oh, so Next good. Next to 90 Day Fiance. I think 90 Day Fiance comes in second to that one. Yeah, no, no, no. 90 Day Fiance was a symptom of how bad COVID was. I still <laughs> think of it that way. I'm, I'm wondering when I'm going to get off of it. Oh, the Ukraine special, though, made me cry. Yes. You have to see that. Yes. And because I am Ukrainian descent and my family escaped the Holodomor at the turn special. of the 20th century, it's intriguing for me to see all... The we actually that, wanted to get the Ukrainian people on the show, but then we're they still trying. Well, they didn't trying. let us. We we we'll understand. See. They wanted to do their special, and well, now they can promote the it's, special. It's you know, it's kind of treacherous. So those territory. of you that th- those of you that um, oh, Jeanette loves Ninety Day Fiance too. We'll tell her we're trying to get Yara and um, Natalie to talk about what their families are up to, and Susan particularly wants to hear about Natalie's mom, which is very upsetting to her. Right. Yeah, she got out. She, she got, got she out. Went to she Poland. was in Bulgaria. Like, oh, that was Poland. The other she one was, was she, went, she interviewed her in Poland, and at the end, they said, "Now she's in Bulgaria oh. waiting for something." Her family. So, yeah. So, <laughs> ninety day fiance, ninety day fiance the other way, Shanghai for Shanghai, <laughs> Shanghai episode. <laughs> that is very funny. Were there some Chinese? <laughs> there weren't Chinese one. There was one Korean guy. I know. I remember. But, come on. Uh, thank you, TS. Uh, they liked me on Trash Tuesday uh nobody wants to go to china i don't know yeah so okay let's uh wrap it up and we're not in here tomorrow we are not in here tuesday wednesday next week we'll be here friday of next week so a week from friday at four o'clock a little bit later than usual and then we'll get back to our usual schedule the yeah, following caleb's week. leaving the baby and he's taking know, a vacation i know and... caleb is going to tr- gonna try to uh uh, you know, when you have a baby, wean off the the yeah, breast. You, you have to you have to focus <laughs> on the partner because the baby takes all the energy. You're gonna have both. to wean on the breast, Caleb. It, no, it's it's been gonna miss it's been that baby. A pain painful the past two days thinking about leaving him. It's a lot more than I thought. <laughs> well, <laughs> so. wait to see what happens. Yeah. Either either when you get her on the plane and get her out of there, she's gonna be greatly relieved or in a total panic. Oh mode. oh no no! I'm talking and about don't be me. Surprised. I'm not talking about her. She's no. Fine. I know you're gonna be a mess. I don't, I'm not care. I'm, I'm not worried about you. The mom. Like, the mom is what I worry about. <laughs> I'm gonna miss the, him. The moms feel it. The Aww. moms feel it different. The moms feel it. Yeah. More. So, and, but when you get back, it'll be interesting because she. The baby may push away, and it'll it'll freak you out because they have they they want to kill the breast. Yeah, yeah they they can't. It's hard for they get angry. Like, like your dog will start shitting everywhere if you go out of town. The babies do the same thing. It's a little bit different kind of, kind of thing. You better but, not. And speaking of that, by the way, did, Caleb, did you hear Johnny Depp's uh, testimony today? I've I've been watching bits and pieces of it while I was packing. Yeah, it, it's, what, it's what are your thoughts? Uh, don't drag me. Why into are they that? putting it on? <laughs> Because because it's because it's OJ Simpson that? all over again. It's, it's, yeah, it's, I mean, it, it's it is, and he's talking about her shitting on the bed and stuff. It's yeah, like crazy stuff. Yeah, I mean, they uh, had a very I, tumultuous relationship. But it, yeah, it, I, it, I think it, he's gonna have. Uh, we'll see. It's it does. It seems like they both had problems, and I, but I also see correct. It, they're both very highly motivated to win this. Like that's like a hundred million dollars on the line for something this large and careers and everything. I, I, you know, I've mm. seen evidence that, that she's on the lied in the past. Like she lied, didn't yeah. they say she lied about the, uh, 
donating some of the stuff and she didn't donate the money, like the alimony that she got or like something that she won in a lawsuit. And mm. so when things like that start happening, yeah, then, then I start getting tapes, more suspicious. Video you know? whenever, there, right. whenever there's sex and tape and people shitting on beds, and lots there's going to be drugs. television. Well, viewing. there's drugs involved. You don't think we would have been all over that at HLN? Right. I'm sure they both made big mistakes, but it seems like... You know, Maybe we should yeah. start, a, start a little podcast uh, reviewing the day's uh, court events. Oh my gosh, but I can't believe get, that uh, we, we do get, we can that to people. The, our usual, our HLN You know, it's just, it's not really fair. It doesn't seem fair Well, the sunshine that. laws, you can just, you can put cameras in courtrooms in certain states, not oh in every my state. God, California, yeah. of course. Yeah, so. All right, everybody, we will see you I don't know, I feel Friday. sorry for both of them. I hate to see things like yeah, that Yeah, exactly. I agree, Susan. And then, especially when there's large amount of monies, it, it sometimes is worse, you know? Mm, I think that's, yeah, I think that's exactly right. And and the it, I don't know, but he, he's, when you listen to him talking about his, his drug addiction and mm-hmm. everything that he did and mm-hmm. what he felt, and mm-hmm. I don't know, my heart just breaks. It's like, oh, he was such a huge celebrity and he had, he had everything going for him. And then he, and he got a common problem. And, and I, I like the way he talks about it. Yeah, right. he just says, "Look, do. I, I, I don't like being a celebrity. I was a normal guy with normal jobs." And right there, his esteem goes up in my eyes. He and needs he to says, team up with Russell Brand. All right, drug addict. I don't know that Johnny is that. He's not. No, because because Russell Doesn't Russell's recovery is farther, much farther along. And Johnny will get himself in trouble talking mm. too much about his well being. He, he he's mm. still struggling. It seems to me. And I yeah. don't know. I don't know him. I don't know anything about it. But I, I suspect, and I wish him the best. And it looks like he's doing fine right now. And hopefully he'll continue to do fine. But, but he, Russell Brand is a long. He, he has a real recovery going on. Uh, yeah. Uh, and it, it's you know I want him to talk. But he about was it the same way. I mean, he was married he to was Katy Perry, and then he they was broke the up. And, mm-hmm. But it's I don't know. I just it, it was weird to see him just speaking in his own normal voice. He reminded me of what was the old actor that um, was in Streetcar. Named so, Desire. Yeah, like uh, um, Brando. Brando. He reminded me of Brando, the way he was bit. talking. Mumbling and stuff. Yeah. And some of the things he said, mm-hmm. I loved his choice of words. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just like, wow, I didn't know that's how well, he spoke. You also see why he is so effective on screen. I, you, really, you get yeah. my sense? I mean, yeah. you, you want to watch him. You, yeah. you can't not watch him. But he's more and, intense. And some people are just that way. You want to watch them, and they're interesting. And, and I don't know what... No one has ever... Somebody, if anybody out there knows what that is, I'd like to interview you because that has people have theorized about that for a long time, but I don't think anybody's ever ever actually figured out what that thing is that makes human other humans right. want to watch you. Whether he's on a witness stand or the pirate outfit on, they want to watch him. <laughs> or a Willy Wonka. Well, outfit he's on. well read. You can tell, like he, some of his smart is part his, of it. Yeah. Smart is part of it. Eloquent is part of it. But there was way more going on, way more. I, I, I was watching with that in mind. I was thinking, what? Why do I but, watch I mean, this guy? So and much? I understand him being in front of the camera. But if you just look at her face, like you, you can see her real emotions. Like he's he's acting the whole time too. So maybe. And it's like, why did they put the cameras in front of him like that? Like it's, it's just, it's not going to well, fare well. It's you know, it's like cause, he's wanted his day in court and he got it. You know what I mean, that's what he wanted. He wants it. Right. I mean, it might and help so him too. Well, but. no, I think. Look, I you know, we watched some commentary on it, and somebody said, you know, he clearly had a lot on his mind. I thought, yeah, he wanted to get this all out. He wants to have his day in court, and he got it. I, right. I look, I. Look, when it comes to people printing bullshit, I, I'm all I'm very supportive of people taking legal action for, right. for nonsense. If or it really if it really is bullshit, I'm I'm behind you. 
Um, cause it, it's gotten way, way out of hand where people can say anything they want about people, regardless of the consequences. And that is not, well, right. it kind of reminds right. me of celebrity rehab too. Cause it's like they, they have to do everything truthful and talk about everything they did mm-hmm. that screwed up their marriage that's ex- and that's treatment. That's what treatment and what is. they, yeah. Yeah. Do it, do it with your peers, but maybe, that. yeah, I don't know. Uh, Maybe yeah, it'll work Leopold, out. Leopold, that's a good point. But Leopold says the court is for the rich. But but at least the rich people are doing it, and then others can benefit from the, the case law, perhaps, or, or at least the experience. God, uh, how rich was he? What, what was he worth? $650 million, I heard. Oh, wow. Yeah, so he can afford to... Well, he's all well, in crazy moves. He Move, did movies. some great movies. Oh, yeah, the libs of... And then he changed of, uh, his Winona tattoo to wino. The libs of uh, <laughs> TikTok thing, controversy. That was actually funny. Yeah, yeah, his... his uh, He's changed his um, tattoo. tattoo from Winona Weiner to Wino Forever. <laughs> forever Winona. To for, oh, forever to Winona. Forever Wino. There you go. Which is awesome. And he laughed about it. And he, no, I mean, it was funny. He is funny. You know, it's, I, anyway, I, I don't know him and I wish him the best. And I do know a lot of people that know him. I know Doug Stanhope, who we love, and Doug loves Johnny Depp. And so, you know, I hope, I maybe I'll call Doug and see what he so thinks about it. So cancel culture doesn't come down hard. On him. Yeah. Well, they're trying to make it about male um, domestic abuse, right? Right. And about people, and, and somehow it's going to, if, if she loses, somebody's going to make it that, oh man, got the better of this. A, a white female does not get to win, win, win in court. I don't know that he's going to win. Um, I don't know if that would be the reason he would win. Maybe the facts speak for themselves, and that's why he wins. Um, the the two of them have a lot of stuff going on and when both people are sick shit goes down yes and, and i hate to see one person taking sort of umbrage with the other <laughs> God, like, trust me they both and then there were the mushrooms and then there oh, were the she, yeah she goes down and, and it's and it's never good it's, it's and... a lot of a lot is always craziness and so craziness went. I mean, down. I don't know the. Backstory. I think what he's taking issue with is that she wrote about it in the paper and made it all his problem. So right. now he's making it all her problem, and neither is the truth, ladies and gentlemen. Right. It is both of their problem. All right. So we will leave you it. Just at have that. to prove that the other one's more crazy. I I, I don't know what they're doing. We'll, we'll, I wouldn't we'll do it in it. front of a camera. All right. I would lose. <laughs> yep. See, because one of you's really good in front of the camera, and the other one isn't. It's it, you're not going to win. We haven't seen her yet. I bet she's good. I, I bet well, well. I mean, she's another person people like to watch. There's going to be something compelling there. Uh, all right, everybody. Thank you so much for being here. We'll see you in about seven, eight days. We're not we'll selling ads or anything for this, <laughs> this court thing. <laughs> no, no, no. It just caught our attention. <laughs> and we, we're, we're winding. We're rolling to a halt, everybody. So but now you. we have to see how Maybe the we're press not. takes little clips of it and, and sensationalizes it. Well, so course. unless you watch yeah. the whole thing from beginning to end right. like a juror you you really can't you know we shouldn't even like watch the the clips because they're going to sensationalize whatever he says and, and um yes colin robinson frank did shit the bed and it's always funny in Philadelphia. and charlie didn't like it that's an appropriate way to end isn't it and on that <laughs> you know note what I'm talking about and on that note, I, I, I got Susan off. The Everybody mic. have a good brown today. Yeah. Uh, we'll see you on your mom's house. Check out check out Doctor After Dark, uh, and uh, don't forget to sign up at Doctor TV. And um, 
more on the the you know, if you want to you know suggest guests to us or topic please don't don't hesitate to do so at contact at we'll be back full of steam and susan is going to be um look, she has time to look that stuff over when we're I flying do? and stuff so she'll look at all the contact uh, suggestions we appreciate you being here we appreciate you guys out on uh restream and yeah course, that was a great show that was my idea to have adam housley on adam is I'll always my guests always do really well yeah yeah we'll, <laughs> give us some more. We'll, we'll go for it all right all right everybody we'll see you next time Ask Dr. Drew is produced by Caleb Nation and Susan Pinsky. As a reminder, the discussions here are not a substitute for medical care, diagnosis, or treatment. This show is intended for educational and informational purposes only. I am a licensed physician, but I am not a replacement for your personal doctor, and I am not practicing medicine here. Always remember that our understanding of medicine and science is constantly evolving. Though my opinion is based on the information that is available to me today, some of the contents of this show could be outdated in the future. Be sure to check with trusted resources in case any of the information has been updated since this was published. If you or someone you know is in immediate danger, don't call me, call 911. If you're feeling hopeless or suicidal, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255. You can find more of my recommended organizations and helpful resources at drdrew.com help.